Hello, and welcome to this special edition of the Doha podcast on the recent Asia-Pacific Economic Cooperation Summit, or APEC, in San Francisco. I am your host, Siwa Leong. In this episode, Doha founder John Cam will be sharing his perspectives on the meeting between U.S. President Joe Biden and China's President Xi Jinping on the sidelines of APEC. Has it made a difference to China-U.S. relations? Did China achieve any gains? Did the U.S.? And what about the issue of human rights? John, thank you for joining us. What is APEC? Now, APEC itself is a grouping of 21 countries, uh, which make up around 40% of the world population, counting for actually a little more than 50% of world trade. Hosting the APEC summit was a big deal for San Francisco, wasn't it, John? This was the biggest international event in San Francisco since 1948, when the UN Charter was signed at the Fairmont Hotel. There's a plaque there for that. That was Eleanor Roosevelt's great achievement. APEC this time in San Francisco drew 40,000 VIPs and uh, visitors and brought in $50 million of uh, business for local companies. Not everyone benefited because the main events were held at Moscone Center, and that was really under lockdown. But on the whole, it brought in you know, a fair amount of money for the city, and the city spent a lot of money sprucing up the city and doing other things like moving the homeless into uh, shelters. There were many protests, and some very big. With the war going on in the Middle East, there were uh, protests over uh, Gaza. The Bay Bridge was shut down. Also, there were protests against Mr. Xi, big protests. Actually, some of them turned quite confrontational. On the one hand, you had Uyghurs, Tibetans were very active, Hong Kong people. So you had, you had those. And then you had the, um, the pro-China demonstrators who showed up at the same time. I understand that the uh, Chinese government funded several busloads of Chinese, overseas Chinese, including students, to come into San Francisco to act as counter-protesters. So yes, it, it was a big event. What was this year's highlight for you? Without question, the highlight was the meeting between President Biden and President Xi of China. That meeting was the first time that the two men have met since Bali one year ago, and it's the only the third time that President Xi has traveled outside of China this year. Now, since Bali, when Mr. Biden and Mr. Xi met, many things have happened that have negatively impacted U.S.-China relations. There was the balloon that made its way across the United States before the United States shot it down. They've had many military confrontations between planes and ships. And, of course, lots of sanctions have been imposed by both countries on goods, people, and technology. Also, over the last year, China's economy has weakened noticeably. And that's probably the main reason she showed up. He wanted to get business to come back to China. How was President Xi Jinping received? One of the other, I guess, big events is that there was this uh, welcoming banquet for Mr. Xi put on by two organizations, the National Committee for U.S.-China Relations and the U.S.-China Business Council. So this was uh, quite a lavish banquet, big turnout. At that banquet, Xi made a speech seeking to reassure investors 
He wound up getting a standing ovation, but it's not at all clear, of course, it's too soon to tell, whether or not uh, it succeeded in reassuring people. You know, a lot of things have happened to discourage business investment in China, including arrests of executives and uh, exit bans. So we'll have to see. I, I read an article this morning that claims that based on interviews with people after the banquet, that they, in fact, were not reassured. What was the tone of the talks between the two leaders? Well, the tone was, was cordial. It wasn't without, as we say in America, flies in the ointment. APEC took place in the city of San Francisco, but the summit between the presidents took place 30 miles to the south on a country estate. The organizers of the United States tried to keep it confidential. However, the location was leaked to the press and protesters showed up on the highway. You know, in in these events, what happens is before the summit discussions begin between the presidents, there is this short period in which reporters are allowed to come into the room. Apparently, a reporter asked President Xi, uh, do you trust President Biden? Mr. Xi understood the question, made that very clear, looked at the reporter and did not answer the question. Now, the other thing that uh, represented uh, quite a, uh, an extraordinary situation is that right after the summit, at a very brief press conference, President Biden was asked, do you consider President Xi Jinping a dictator? And he said, yes. Well, of course, uh, he had said the same thing uh, several months ago, and the Chinese were really unhappy about that, and they voiced their unhappiness about this as well. So, yes, the tone was cordial, but as I say, there were some flies in the ointment. Do you think President Xi achieved anything out of these talks, and do you think the U.S. gained anything by them? That's very hard to say. There were some achievements, President Xi, at one point, so it is said, really pressed President Biden to stop arms sales to Taiwan. Now, of course, that did not happen. Other than that, the two sides, and I think this is a plus for both, are in agreement to restore military-to-military communications. The only problem with that is that China does not have a minister of defense now. Li Shangfu has been removed uh, from office Uh, So there is no defense minister in China at the moment. The two sides also reached agreement, and some people count this as an achievement, of course, to reduce carbon emissions and increase the uh, use of renewables. The two sides agreed to control the use of artificial intelligence. And um, there was uh, possibly, it hasn't been confirmed yet, a purchase of Boeing jets by China. And uh, President Xi hinted, that he might send some pandas back. As you know, they just removed most of the pandas. On balance, frankly, I think the things that were not achieved outweighed the things that were achieved. What wasn't achieved? Well, of course, uh, there was nothing on Taiwan, no reassurances from the United States that uh, the United States would stop selling arms to Taiwan. In fact, we've just had very recently another news that arms would be sold under a fund that is used only to sell weapons to countries. 
There was nothing at all on Ukraine or Gaza. There were no prisoner releases, which in the past was quite common. That's no longer taking place. Uh, there was nothing on human rights in Xinjiang or Tibet or Hong Kong. Nothing at all on reducing confrontations in the South China Sea, the East China Sea, or the Strait of Taiwan. And of course, there was no lifting of sanctions. The tariffs remain in place. Now, on that score, there was, in fact, an understanding reached between Mr. Biden and Mr. Xi. And that is that in return for the United States to lift sanctions against a Xinjiang entity that's been involved in persecution of Uyghurs, in exchange for lifting that, Mr. Xi agreed to do more to reduce the flow of fentanyl into the United States. The United States considers that to be a big achievement. But do you think, realistically, these agreements will be honored? You know, Mr. Biden has uh, taken to repeating a phrase by uh, Ronald Reagan, trust but verify, which means that there is a healthy dose of skepticism that the commitments made by both countries will actually be fulfilled and honored. The history of commitments made at summits is not very favorable, frankly. Chinese often say that the United States is violating commitments made at summits with respect to Taiwan. They say that a lot. So on that score, a lot of Chinese, not only the leaders, but if you look at social media, they really don't trust the United States is going to fulfill the commitments. And of course, on the U.S. side, the same sentiment prevails. In particular, people talk about when President Xi visited the United States in 2015, I believe it was, in the Rose Garden, he stated before the cameras that China would not militarize the South China Sea. Well, of course, he went back to China and they immediately began building islands and putting all kinds of fortifications and runways on the islands. So what I'm saying is, people, there isn't a high level of trust. If the goal of this summit was to reduce or actually eliminate mistrust, I'm afraid it didn't work. How does the summit between China and the U.S. impact Doha? Well, actually, for this one, I did have an opportunity, and, and on others, to, you know, uh, do our stock and trade, which is to submit names of prisoners. So I, I released a, uh, Doihua released a, uh, an article on our website on APEC. And in that article, I expressed hope that there would be some progress. And I named seven, again, seven prisoners, four American citizens, three actually in prison, one under an exit ban, and three Uyghurs who have relatives in the United States. So I, I did release that, and I'm told that the Chinese side read it, showed it to uh, President Xi, and actually I even got one comment from a Chinese official that uh, the article was impressive and uh, inspiring. But I'm sorry to say, uh, none have been re released thus far, but it did give us the opportunity. Sometimes getting a response is, is not as important as their accepting the list, because when that happens, the prisons are informed and they are asked internally, and sometimes uh, that has uh, resulted in better treatment. Thank you so much, John, for sharing your thoughts today. Thank you very much, Siwa, for doing this. If you want to read the article that John wrote about on APEC, visit us at www.dohua.org. 
and be sure to subscribe to us if you want the latest updates or news from Dohua.